Hello there and welcome to Defiance. I'm your host Peter McCormack and today I have an interview with Christian Smalls, the ex-Amazon employee who organised a walkout of their Staten Island warehouse because of a lack of protection and actions taken over the coronavirus. Now this story has been in the press for a few days now so it is worth going through the show notes. Included in that is the planned Amazon smear campaign where leaked documents from a daily coronavirus planning meeting attended by Amazon's chief executive Jeff Bezos showed that there was a broad agreement to go on the offensive against Christian. In that you will see that David Zapolsky, Amazon's general counsel, claimed that Chris was not smart or articulate and that the company were in a much stronger PR position. So definitely worth checking all of that out. In this interview we get into Chris's first-hand account of what happened. We also discuss the often criticised working conditions at Amazon warehouses and then what Chris is planning to do now. If you've got any feedback on the show, if you've got any questions you want to ask me, please do reach out to me. My email address is peter at defiance.news. But before we get into that interview, I do also just need to thank my sponsor Kraken, the best place to buy Bitcoin, consistently rated the best and most secure cryptocurrency exchange. Kraken puts the power in your hands to buy, sell and trade Bitcoin. Are you a Bitcoiner? If not, and you would like to learn more about Bitcoin, then please check out my other show, What Bitcoin Did, which Kraken also sponsors. And I also have a beginner's guide on there, which can help you understand everything related to Bitcoin if you're new to it. Bitcoin is a decentralized peer-to-peer digital currency without any central authority. By not having a controlling party required to validate transactions, Bitcoin is both trustless and permissionless. It is also an opt-out of government fuckery. And as Edward Snowden said, Bitcoin is freedom. If you want to find out more, head over to kraken.com. Also, if you enjoy Defiance and want to support the show, please do leave me a review on iTunes and subscribe to the show. Follow me on social media and share this out with your friends and family. If you do have any questions about this or any of my other shows, please do feel free to email me. My email address is peter at defiance.news. The reason why we fight is to draw attention to issues and to fix it. Resilient. Resolute. Defiant in the face of impossible odds. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money. Hundreds of protesters turned out singing Glory to Hong Kong, an anthem of defiance. Good morning, Christian. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. So you, this week, have become global eye of the storm. How how is that? How how's how's everything feel right now for you? Ah man, it's surreal. I'm still I'm still trying to cope with it. Um, my life was definitely different a week ago, you know. So it's different for me, but I'm I'm definitely uh, trying to own up to it and help people save lives. Okay, so before we get into the actual story itself, I just want to do a little bit of background. So you're you were an employee at an Amazon warehouse. Can you tell us which warehouse it was, how long you'd worked there, and what your job was there, what your role was? Sure. Well, I've been with Amazon a little less than five years. I opened up three buildings for them, um, one in New Jersey, one in Connecticut, and formerly up to present day was uh, Staten Island, New York. I started out as a, a level one picker, which is like the, the entry level. And I got promoted up to a process assistant, which is more of a supervisor or for other terms, uh, like assistant manager. But uh, the business title is process assistant. So help um, you help assist the manager. 
if the manager is uh, absent, you fill in for that manager and you know take over the process, take over the operation. Um, I work in the outbound department. That's the outbound pick department. We call our associate pickers. Uh, they pick items off the robots. The robots bring the customer items to the stations. The pickers pick the items off the robots. They put them in these yellow totes that go on these conveyor belts down to the pack department. So my responsibility was to make sure the pickers are picking. Okay. All right. So five years. I didn't realize it was that long. So we'll have a question around loyalty uh, towards the end. But Amazon warehouses have often been criticized. A lot of time they get in the press, um, both here in the UK and the US. I'm not sure globally. Can you talk to me about what working conditions are like there? The various stories I've read cover tend to cover things like breaks, some people unable to take toilet breaks when they need. I've seen stories of people sleeping in cars and sleeping in tents and quite intense conditions. Is this anything you've experienced working for Amazon? Well, the biggest thing I heard people complain about is the break times. Um, they're kind of they're short, and we work long hours, you know, 10 hours a day. Some of our shifts are 12 hours, 12 hour shifts. So the biggest complaint is the break time, and because but that's what makes Amazon Amazon is the fact that we work long hours and our production is uh, broken down by the second. So it separates that from every other retailer because you're training associates to adapt to a certain rate that they have to perform or exceed to. And what I can say is, from my my opinion, I do believe that the break time from at least lunchtime should be extended to a complete hour instead of a half an hour. And I feel like, you know, sometimes people need, you know, time to recollect, time to actually relax themselves, enjoy them, enjoy a break time, a full meal without rushing. You know, everything there is just like rush, 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 rush. And you don't have no time to like, you know, settle down and you're, you're putting a lot of strain on your body. And sometimes working there, well, I tell people all the time, if you have a gym membership, you might want to cancel it because depending on what you're doing, especially in my department, it's 10 hours of calisthenics. That's exactly what it is. Wow. So, Is it mentally challenging? Absolutely. You got you to gotta be, you got to be mentally prepared to work there more than anything more than physically because yeah uh it's a lot of pressure on you to perform and um like i said the mental aspect is you're dealing with you know you got to make expectations you're dealing with the fact that you got to adapt to changing your lifestyle at home you know you're used to doing things at home when you get off of work like you know watch tv watch movies or try to wind down you can't do that anymore working there because the days go by so fast well not the days working there but you have to wake up early in the morning to go back to work or whether you're on a night shift vice versa and do the same thing over for another 10 hours so you have to mentally be prepared for that and if you're not mentally prepared to adapt to that you won't last no so you have to be mentally prepared physically will come second nature 
and also, are the env- environments safe? If someone is struggling, can they get support? If they're feeling mentally tired, are there risks to injuries? What kind of safety procedures are in place within the facilities you've worked in? Well, I'm not going to say they don't preach and practice safety because they definitely do. But you got to think, everybody, every human being is different. You know, the safety, okay. the, the safety uh, procedures may work for a 20-year-old, but we also hire people that's 55, 65. It's not going to work for them. And you're trying to tell somebody 55, 65 to, to work like they're 20 years old, it's not going to work. So mm-hmm. that's that's the disconnect when it comes to safety. But, you know, they still practice and preach it. But they got to understand human beings are different. And that's the that's the one one major concern when it comes to that. And that's that's what causes the injuries to happen. You know, you got older elderly people sometimes uh trying to perform like they're young again and there's your injuries. And you got young people that wanna they wanna push and push and push for months on end, there's your injuries. So you can't avoid them. You can't avoid them. You know, over time it happens. And because companies globally, okay. you know, globally known and globally, there's, a, there's going to be a lot of injuries across the globe. Okay. And compensation and benefits, do they provide medical? Do you think they provide fair compensation? Yeah. they. The Amazon pays well. They pay well. They got good benefits, you know, health, dental, medical, all of that. They pay well. They okay. could, uh, they could have done, uh, a different type of negotiation when it comes to the stocks. They took the stocks away, but, you know, the, obviously, uh, you know, uh, it seems like we're working for for greed right now. So, It, it sounds almost like some kind of, it's, it's almost like we've gone back in time in that this is kind of some kind of weird dystopian future and, and the people in there are, are treated like robots and everything is about numbers and performance. Is that unfair? Well, the whole company's ran off of metrics. That's what they do. They they run off of metrics. So in order to run off of metrics, you got to have some type of technology incorporated. But the people have to bring the metrics. So you have to make people okay. <laughs> pretty much turn into some type of computerized, but humanized, you know, machine. So yes, you do train people to work like a machine. In the sense that that makes sense for you. Yeah, of course. And and are individuals measured on their performance? And are there targets that if you don't meet, that you might face some kind of penalty? Well, yeah, that's the thing. You got to meet expectations. You know, there's an hourly rate for every department, and you got to meet that hourly rate. And then if you don't, you know, you if you fall beneath the quota. Eventually, over time, they find a way to wean you out of there. You get out of there. They'll get you out of there, one way or another. So, right, you know that's how it works. It's a high, it's a high turnover company. Uh, right, there is a high turnover, and there's a high turnover because of people aren't performing, and they try and get them out, or because people themselves can't take it, or just a mix of the both. A mix of the both. You know, you got people that okay. work hard for for six six months, eight months in the same position and they want to do something else and they're like, no, you can't right now. We're hiring more people. We need you here. We need you there. And you're like, well, I've been doing this for the same, for almost a year now. I want to do something else. But we, they can't, you know, it's like they, we can't afford for you to do that. 
You know, it's business needs for you to do this. So you're, you're forcing good people to quit. And then you're not sure about the new people that you're hiring. They may not even, they may not be as good. So it becomes a high turnover. And am I right in thinking also the place that you worked at, there had been attempts to create a union and there were blocks to the, the creation of that union. Is that correct? Yeah, I heard about it. You know, I don't, I'm not really familiar with like, you know, who was doing it, how many people were doing it, but I did hear there was some controversy about it a couple months back um, from a former okay. employee. So, you know. All right. Well, let's get into what happened over the last week. I became aware of the story a few days ago. And in reading the story, I've read a couple of parts. So I first heard about the story, Christian. I was like, well, that's fucking bullshit. I need to speak to this guy. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the stories that said that you had broken social distancing rules. And I was like, okay, well, I need to ask about that. And now today I've read about the internal memos. So it's quite a messy story when you get into the details. Can you talk me through what happened? Talk to me about, talk me through the, the, the like primary chain of events as they happened. Yeah, sure. So, as you know, we're dealing with this pandemic. Um, no mm-hmm. secret about that. Uh, I tried to be proactive week, weeks ago, beginning of March. People started getting sick around me. Talk about dizziness, fatigueness, um, lightheaded. I'm sending people to Amcare office multiple times. People going home sick, people vomiting. So, I... I tried to escalate that. I went to HR. I was like, hey, there's something wrong here. We need to close down the building and quarantine. I feel like, you know, it's only a matter of time before somebody tests positive in the building. This was before we had our first known case. And they pretty much, you know, oh, don't worry about it. We have no confirmed cases. Uh, You know, um, we're following the CDC guidelines and safety. I'm like, okay, but nothing, you know, it don't seem to be working. So I started to come to work less and less because I wasn't trying to put my family at risk, myself included. But as I was sitting home on my days off, you know, unpaid, had to take money out of my 401k and everything, um, I was trying to help close that building down, help behind the scenes. I contacted, you know, the CDC, the health department, the state department, the government. I did everything I could, you know, but New York is dealing with, the Epic Center right now. So they're overwhelmed. Uh So, you know, that's when I, now, you know, it's the middle of the month and now my rent is coming up. I can't, I don't have any more time. I'm not getting paid and I'm running low on money. So I decided to go back to work. Unfortunately, I didn't really want to, but, you know, uh, it's like, I have to, I have to, I have to go get at least one check and then maybe I could take some more time off. So, so let me um, just go back a second here. Sure. So people were getting sick within within the the warehouse, mm-hmm. and you had tried to escalate this. What was the response when you had escalated this? Yeah, it was like, oh, uh, we can't do anything. We can't close the building down because there's no confirmed cases yet. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense. You're going to wait until somebody tests positive, and then you're going to react. Everything is reaction, reaction. I'm like, well, I'm trying to be proactive and avoid that. Because once this virus gets in these type of buildings, you can't stop it because you don't know where it came from. What were, and that's what I was trying to avoid. What were the internal? Yeah, what were the internal conversations with you and your colleagues? Was everybody concerned? Some people concerned? No, people were concerned, but it wasn't really like high alert. 
it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, you know, one of those things. Everybody was still acting like everything was like society was still normal. And that's what that was the most alarming thing for me, because we were still. You know, I don't know if you're following me on Twitter, but I have videos up there. Mm-hmm. We were. Yep. <laughs> if you see my videos, you know, they're trying to say I violated multiple safety guidelines. No, we all did. The entire building. We were just partying. We had a huge party in the middle of March. The middle of March. So what guidelines did I violate? The whole company violated. We had an activities party in the middle of March, but you're claiming that it was just me that violated. doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. So that... Well, we know why. <laughs> we'll get to right, that. You know? And obviously... You know, that ties into what happened this past week. Okay. Like I said, I returned back to work on March 24th, 8.30 in the morning. Around 9 o'clock, I see my colleague. She looked very sick. Her eyes were bloodshot, puffy. She had a mask on. She was wearing gloves. And she told me, she was like, I went and got tested for the coronavirus the night before, which is Monday. Mind you, she'd been working there for 10 hours a day for a number of days in a row, you know? So I was like, wow, you need to go home. And she did. She went home. About two hours later, we had a meeting with just the managers, a sync meeting. We have a daily sync meeting. And that's when we learned about our first confirmed case. I'm like, oh, not a surprise, but we learned about it saying the associate was in the building on March 11th. I said, wow, so where is he now? And they're like, oh, he hasn't been here since. So I said, well, it doesn't matter. Are we closing the building down? We need to close the building down to sanitize it because there was a building a week prior in Queens, New York, that did this. That had the same thing. They had one case, just one. They closed the building down, paid everybody, and sanitized the building professionally. And that's all I was asking. An Amazon building? Yes, Amazon building. Okay. Um. So I was like, you know, we need to do the same thing they did. They was like, no, the associate, the difference is the associate is not here on the premises. I said, I don't care. You don't know how long he had it. You don't know where he got it from. That doesn't make sense to me. That's not a solution to tell, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted to tell certain people that was on that side of the building where he was working at last. Still didn't make sense to me. But I, I took another stance, and that was the last time I work for Amazon. I walked out the building at 12 o'clock. And yeah, I never I never went back to work after that. But I went back so to So you the, went home after that? I went home. 12 o'clock. Yeah. Um once again I started to fight behind the scenes. Also, I did come to the building every single day off the clock and sat in the break room and told employees the truth. I came back to the building every day at seven in the morning. Me and my uh my colleague that I ride to work with, who they didn't quarantine, by the way. I ride to work with him every day. He picked me up every morning. We sat in the break room for eight hours a day, spreading the word, telling people, like, the virus is in the building. You need to voice your concerns. And every day, we were marching to the general manager's office and voice our concerns, groups of 10. And we're telling him, close the building down. They're, we're scared. And you hadn't been ordered into quarantine at that point? No, absolutely not. No. I can't. See, see, this is the, yeah. You got to understand. This is the bit that I, that I was confused with because it, 
they said that they'd ordered you into quarantine, yet if you'd been going to the building every day, right? I don't understand why security hadn't asked you to leave. No, well, let me explain. So, yeah, my friend that I sent home on Tuesday, her results didn't come back until Wednesday, right? She tested positive on Wednesday. So the way it works is with their flawed policy, you don't get you don't get paid quarantine until they receive the physical documentation from the doctor's office. So they didn't receive the documentation until Thursday morning. But guess what? I knew that I came in contact with her. So what do you think I did? I ran to the office. She's a supervisor just like me. I ran to the office. I said, you need to close this building down immediately. I, not only was I exposed, the whole department was exposed because I know what our job entitles. We work with people, hundreds of them. You need to close the department down. They didn't do nothing. They, they literally, oh, we're going to get on a phone call with the regionals. Don't give a damn about no regionals. This is your building. I'm telling you. She told you she tested positive over the phone because, you know, HR gave her a phone call on Wednesday. And she told them, yes, it's positive. But guess what? They didn't put her on quarantine until Thursday when they actually got the physical documentation from the doctors. But meanwhile, so I told them, yeah, I need to go on quarantine on Wednesday. I told them that. I went to HR. There's like, no, the way it works is you'll get notified by a phone call. I said, by phone call? I said, uh, okay. And my colleague was standing right there. He's a witness. He heard the exact conversation. They said they will notify you by phone call or email. I didn't get neither one of those. Right? So I kept coming back to the building. Came back Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like I said, leading up to that, the day I got quarantined, I was pleading with the I mean, arguing to the point where I was cursing the general managers out about closing down the building on Friday. No response. They didn't do it. They just didn't do it. The policy was flawed. And uh, the way they the way they do it is they have somebody, I guess, watching the video to see who she came in contact with. And they've quarantined the people she came in close contact with. But how... Okay. How on earth do you only quarantine me that was around her for five minutes and not the associates that have been around her for 10 hours? You see what I'm saying? So it's like I was targeted yeah, yeah. to silence me because I'm speaking up. They're like, you know what? We're getting annoyed by you doing this. Let's quarantine you. Just me. Uh-huh. Just me. Nobody else. Not the person I drive to work with. Not none of the employees. And you know what else? That is not really known to the public. Yeah. How many cases we got mm-hmm. in that building? We don't know how many cases we got. I know. I know personally. You know why? Because these are my friends. Her best friend is the third case. Her best friend. The person I sent home Tuesday, her best friend tested positive on Thursday. And so you got three confirmed cases. That's the third one, right? And guess what her friend does? Her friend is a supervisor as well for the PAC department. So she's in charge of hundreds of packers. She got the virus. So now the virus hit three phases of the building. The first case on March 11 was receiving side. That's inbound. That means everything coming in the building. 
The second case is my is my department. From inbound, it goes from inbound to my department, which is the pick department. Pick goes to pack department. So the virus is literally moving throughout the building, phase by phase, department by department. And I'm like, wow, yep, yep, that's exactly. Well, outside of those three confirmed cases, are there other suspected cases now? They're not suspected anymore. They're confirmed. Confirmed. No, but are there any others? So that's three yeah, confirmed there's, cases. There's, there's How many people work in the building? 5,000. 5,000. So do we know how many are off sick out of those 5,000? Dozens. Dozens. Okay. Dozens. Okay. I, I, dozens. I'm telling you dozens. And confirmed, uh, confirmed is double digits already. Confirmed is double and digits. One of the other things, Christian, that I don't know, and I would have to speak to somebody, but... If people in the warehouse are sick and they have coronavirus, can it transport onto the packaging of things that you're sending out? Can it then transfer to the drivers? Absolutely. And then can it transfer to yeah, homes? Yeah, and cardboard. the reason I raise that, yeah. well, I've had, so I know it lives on cardboard for a day, but I've had two deliveries in the last week from Amazon and neither driver here, here in the UK, neither driver was wearing gloves. Well, hey, man, but I hope and pray. You know, every, if you're asymptomatic, you don't know. You carrier. You're just a carrier. Yeah. You no, know, you gotta think. It lives on cardboard, it lives on plastic, it lives on metal. All of those things are yeah. now buildings. All of them. So I want I, I do wonder if, if Amazon can be a place if you do have an outbreak, it also is a a place that ends up distributing the virus. <laughs> I already said that. That was the first statement I said. Through the delivery, yeah. It's a breeding ground. It's a breeding ground. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Okay, so what happened next? Yeah, I came to work Saturday morning, and around 9 o'clock, that's when one of the managers came. The same manager who terminated me, the same one, who called me on the phone. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that. But uh, he came, pulled me out the cafeteria, and he told me, um, yeah, we're going to put you on paid quarantine. I said, okay, cool, no problem. I told you that from Wednesday, but I said, all right, yeah, I'm finally doing it. Okay, cool. But what about uh, my employees? No, it's just you. What about the person I ride to work with every day? No, it's just you. Okay. Something's wrong here. But okay. Left. I went home with my colleague. And we were like, yo, there's something wrong. We got to get these people out of there. What are we going to do? That's when I started mobilizing my walkout. I said, you know, if they're not going to save these people, I'm going to at least try. I got to do something. I'm not going to sit here. These people are like my extended family. I work with these people 40, 50 hours a week for years. I'm not going to sit there and watch my family get sick. So I try to do something. You know, I try to give these people a voice and, bring, and draw some attention. I put my career on the line. It cost me my career, but guess what? I do it a million times over. And, yeah, here we are. And, um, yeah, they're trying to put the... You know, Amazon versus Chris Smalls, but it's not. It's not about me. It never was. It's Amazon versus the people. That's what they're going to have to answer. Talk, talk me through the walkout. What actually happened with the walkout? <laughs> Everything I did was strategic. Everything. I planned it down to the T. The timing, the way I did it, I was always two steps ahead of them. Amazon think they, you know, these people think they're smart, but they don't know who they're dealing with. They really don't, you know they, as you can see, they think I'm pretty stupid, but it's really the other way around because on 
I'm going to go back a little bit. On Friday, it was just me, the general manager in his office, and the head of HR, you know, around, I want to say about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They called me in the office, and they're like, here's the CDC guidelines. They printed out for me, for me to read. I had to read them. <laughs> I was like, I don't care about this. I'm not, I'm not here to read this. I'm telling you these guidelines are not working. I'm not reading this whole packet right now in front of y'all. Like, what is this? But I did a little bit. I did skim through it a little bit, and something stuck out to me at the bottom. I don't know why. It was all these things on this thing, and I just seen something stick out that was very like a mental note I had to take. At the bottom, it said, if somebody tests positive in your business, you don't have to close your business down, but you have to reduce your workforce by 75%. So I said, hmm. Okay. Okay. You don't have to close it down, reduce your workforce. That same day, guess what they started doing? Reducing the workforce. Hiring? No. <laughs> Not really. But, they did. But, but, uh, but by 75%, you're talking about a good, what, 4,000? Well, well, you got to think. 4,250. They're, they're all not in there at the same time. You know what I mean? Okay. Throughout the week, 5,000 people come in and out that building. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So different shifts have different you know, numbers. So, but anyway, like I said, that's what they started doing that day. Because they kept asking, they, they kept trying to probe, what am I doing? What, are you pl- what is your plan? What is everybody planning on doing? Because I brought up the Kentucky building. The Kentucky building, them people protesting, the government shut them down. And I told them, I said, is that what it's going to take, you know, the, for us to protest? So they was like, no, no, um, we're trying to do everything we can. We're on the phone with the regionals. But what do you guys plan on doing? And I was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Cause, so they were suspecting us to protest. So they started to prepare. They started, you know, play chess with me. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do, Chris? I'm not going to do anything. Don't worry about it. All I know is if, if y'all don't do something, something will happen. So I kind of like played with them. I'm like, yeah, something will happen. So they started reducing the workforce. I have that in, I have it in black and white conversation. Um, they started VTOing. VTO is voluntary time off. So you're telling me during the pandemic, and we're the most essential business right now. We're shipping out. We're in high demand. Got to have us at work. You got sending people home voluntarily now. Mind you, we're on mandatory overtime. On mandatory overtime, you're voluntarily sending people home. Something shady. Something very, very wrong here. And you're doing it during the most crucial time right now, people need stuff, but you're sending people home, reducing the workforce. When I mean like reducing it, they were reducing it. You never really send people home at outbound. That's, that's the department before you send the, the, the customer orders. Now customers are not going to get their orders. If you're reducing the workforce, I said, why are they doing this? It's Friday. It's a Friday. Friday's a busy day. And people like to order a lot on Fridays for Amazon. They reducing it on a Friday. So I, like they don't realize I've been around for years and I know how it works. So I'm like, it was just not normal. It was nothing they were doing was normal. And then with the icing on the cake was my direct ops manager was telling the supervisor to lie to the, to the employees, to lie to them. If the employees ask, why are we being sent home or why y'all offering VTO? 
Don't tell them that there's no work. Tell them that there's no trucks. All of a sudden, we ain't got no Amazon trucks. Like, what the hell? I'm like, this is crazy to me. This is absolutely insane what they're doing to keep operations going, but they're going to reduce the workforce. So just in case, just in case the health department decides to show up, y'all will meet the guidelines that y'all talking about. I knew that the, that's what they were doing. I knew that. I was two steps okay. ahead of them. Two steps. You know why? I planned my walkout. I planned my walkout at a certain time on purpose. It's a Monday. It was on Monday, but I did it at lunchtime. Let me tell you something. The day I had to do it in 24 hours. You got to think about it. I got quarantined on Saturday. I had one day to plan for it. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple people that were still on board that worked there over the weekend. So under their noses, they uh, was passing around notes in the bathroom. I had the cleaning crew, you know, tell them don't throw away notes. If you see any notes that saying walk out on Monday at 1230, don't throw those away. So, um, I had like a secret, everybody had a position, you know, I picked up some poster boards and then, um, a, um, a union organization decided to support us. The same un- union organization that was, uh, out there previously, they, they decided to jump in and help support. So, I figured the best way I get attention is through the media. I called every media outlet in the tri-state trying to get attention. Nobody responded except for one. Thank God. That one article I got out was enough to start off a snowball effect. Because as soon as they hear Amazon and Staten Island, because this building has so much controversy, they were like calling my phone up, blowing my phone up. Are you striking them? Are you walking out? Yep. I'm sure I am. How many people? I lied. Out of 100, 200 maybe. Really? <laughs> really? 100, 200 people? Oh my God, what time? 1230. I, I had nobody. I had no idea how many people were going to show up. But I did in a sense because I know at 1230 is lunchtime. And at lunchtime, I checked the weather it was going to be 60 degrees, nice weather. Everybody's going to be outside enjoying lunch. So everything I did right. was planned. So this was, uh, <laughs> this was like so a, a coordinated plan to, to create some publicity. And, exactly. Yeah, okay, that's interesting, interesting. How many did walk out? I read 15 uh, officially walked out. Uh, about 50 to 60 people, probably. A little less than 50 to 60. Okay. So, and I so know what they happened during the walkout itself? They downplayed it, yeah. 15, only 15 right. people was outside. That's a lie. We all know that's a lot. You can tell by the pictures and videos a lot more than 15. You know, so, you know, they do. That's what they do. They downplay, sugarcoat, everything. They always got it. They always got to be right. Yeah, yeah. It's the PR. Okay, so listen, the walkout happens. Then what? Two hours later, I'm terminated over the phone. Right. You know. Two hours. Two hours. Less than two hours. And um, were you still outside the building or were you at home at that point? I was home. I was home. You're home. Same person who quarantined okay. me, the same person that terminated me, but didn't quarantine anybody else. So, you know, yeah, it's crazy. Right. Okay. And what, on, on that phone call, what did he say? I said, yeah, you know, nothing. I hung up. <laughs> I hung up on him. I was like, you know what? what? Did he give you a reason? 
Yeah, they, the same reason they gave to the public. You know, I violated safety protocol, da 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 da. You know, really, I I just me. I I put teams at risk. <laughs> just me. I, I'm the only one that put teams at risk. That's what they're saying. You know. And the accusation, the accusation is that you violated social distancing guidelines, and you'd received several warnings. Right. And right. And you had been ordered to stay at home for 14 days with full pay. Is that incorrect? Totally incorrect. Where's the several warnings at? Where? Where? When did it happen? Y'all see me every day of the week. What did I get warned about? Mm. They were praising me throughout the week. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for keeping everybody calm. Thank you for communicating with the team. And you're like, you're so passionate about it. These are the things they were telling me. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry, I got the proof. I got the I, right. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Did they give you any kind of? Did they give you any kind of severance in this situation, or do you lose? Is you instantly without pay, without medical, at a time where you really do not want to be without medical? <laughs> you might be. I think you keep your medical for like thirty days. That's it. Okay. After the thirty days, you're done. So. You know, so and what's the impact that has, has this been on you and your family? You know, what do you think? Is it, I'm unemployed and during the pandemic. You know, what am I supposed to do? So, they don't care about people. That tells you right there, they don't care about people. I got three kids after five years. Right, I got three kids to feed. I'm a single father. Three kids. Think about it. They don't care. Five years service. Yeah, yeah. Five years service as well. Right. And that's quite long, but based on what you said earlier, five years is quite a long time at Amazon. Right. You weathered the uh, the tough times. Yeah, I, I've, been through, right. I've been through a lot, a whole lot. All right, listen, Christian, let, let me read you something. You're going you're gonna to know this from probably within two, three words, but he's not smart or articulate, and to the extent the press wants to focus on us versus him, will be a much stronger PR position than simply explaining for the umpteenth time, how we've been trying to protect workers. So what did you think when this came out? Because this is kind of like, <laughs> this was the uh, internal meeting that actually included Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. was in there. Yeah. And, and let's add to that, we should spend the first part of our response strongly laying out the case for why the organizer's conduct was immoral, unacceptable, and arguably illegal in detail, and only then follow with our usual talking points about worker safety, make him the most interesting part of the story, and if possible, make him the entire face of the union organising movement. So you will have seen that come out. That's from Amazon General Counsel David Zabolski. Like, when did you first read this or hear about this? I knew about it way before the press got hold. I got the email early in the morning yesterday. You know, somebody okay. said to me. I didn't even read it. You know, I didn't give a these I don't give a damn about these people. These people don't do nothing for me. <laughs> so okay. people want me to respond directly to him. I have nothing to say to that man. He never did anything for me in my life. I've never met him. Don't want to meet him. Don't care about him. Don't care what he got to think about me. Just That just tells you, you know, who we work for. We act, if Jeff Bezos is sitting there, what does that say about Jeff Bezos? So... Mm-hmm. Um, now we all know minorities, blacks, Hispanics, minorities, um, the company should be alarmed that you're working for somebody 
I'm not going to say that word, but we all know what that means. It's not, it's, you know, we all know when you insult somebody like that, that's a general statement right there about how you feel about people and hmm. how they feel about their employees. Like you got, y'all worried about Chris Smalls instead of your people with no PPE. Oh, don't worry about PPE right now and the, and the rest of my employees. Don't worry. We got enough money and we'll ship out some, you know, ship them out. Don't worry about it. They can, they can wait. They can wait, you know. Don't worry. Let's focus on Chris Smalls right now. Like, really? <laughs> that's that's y'all? Really? No. It's, I'm not going to fall for that trap. Because it was never about me. And that's what they failed to realize. So we'll see who's really smart and articulate. They don't know who they're dealing with. They really don't. They still- well, interestingly, though, I did see um, that Mayor de Blasio ordered the city's Commission of Human Rights to investigate whether the dismissal was retaliationary. Have you actually spoken to the mayor or has anyone else contacted you with regarding this? Do you know what's going on here? No, no, no. I mean, I heard about it and all of that. But I'm, I, my lawyer is... Uh, we're working with the attorney state general with the state of New York. You know, if anybody else want to open up civil cases against them on my behalf, they they really can't do that. But if they want to open up a civil case, they have, they have every right to do that. And I, I encourage them to. So, you know, it won't be the, I won't be the last time they get, you know, in legal action, uh, legal troubles. If they just opened up the whole can of worms on themselves, they they made this bed, not me. All I did, all I was asking for was a simple solution. Close down the building, sanitize it, pay your people. You failed to do that. So now you're trying to blame me for whistleblowing? Doesn't make sense. And China, well, you know, doesn't make sense. None of this would have happened. None, none of this would have happened at all. If you would just give us what we were asking for. Are you still in touch with any of your? Well, you must be still in touch absolutely. with some of your colleagues. You, absolutely, uh, I'm getting I'm getting calls uh, from the UK. <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> trust me. People are reaching out to me from the UK, from Canada, from Brazil, and I'm I'm supporting everything. You want to walk out? You you tired of that? Walk the hell out. Walk the fuck out. Excuse my language. Don't work for well, You tweeted out also, um, this morning we were informed of additional positive COVID cases at my former Amazon warehouse, mm-hmm. that was JFK8. Please help me close the site immediately. So you believe still that this site should be closed down and sanitized? I believe every site in the world should be closed down. Every site. Every Amazon site globally. That I, I I would question that. Wouldn't wouldn't that be better based on data per site? Because would you not consider that part of what Amazon is doing is uh, key worker uh, support? I mean, look, I saw some guy outside a, one of the buildings say, "Can people stop ordering things that aren't essential? We've got to get out essentials and dildos are not essential." I don't know. Did you dildos see and and fire sticks and Echo Dots. Those essential to you? No, of course not. <laughs> so, and, and think um, about it. Just think about this. This is a scary thing. It's eight hundred thousand employees worldwide. Uh huh. God forbid we all became carriers. Then what? This virus spreads to two and a half people. People better wake up. That's that's food for thought. People better wake up. They need to shut down this Amazon network immediately. 
are more people going to die. Millions, millions of people. And that's, that's what the bigger picture is about. It's not even just about my building. My building is priority because I'm, I'm a personally attached to it. But I'm trying to spread a broader message. The entire network for Amazon will be infected. It's not a matter of how, it's when. It's when. Do, do you not see, though, Amazon like, we, we still need the supermarkets to be open for food and food delivery. Do you not think there's aspects of Amazon that are critical and that perhaps they should remain open but with better procedures in place. Like I've been to the supermarket this morning, right? There's Let me ask you outside. something. We're, we're two meters. Well, bear with me. We're two, we're two meters apart. All the stuff staff are wearing gloves. Uh, every single time they um, uh, they've got masks on as well. There's uh, uh, reminders over the speaker of how to operate. Do you not think there's a way these facilities can operate carefully? You got to think, people. People. People got to realize. What, what was what was we doing before Amazon? I, I was alive for what thirty years, thirty one years, right? I remember just going mm-hmm. to the grocery store. <laughs> What's the problem with going to the grocery store? And you got these billionaires with billions of dollars. If the Amazon network is shut down, they could support the medical field right now. They could support the grocery stores right now. Why not? Why do you need Amazon right now? You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it right now. The world will be okay for a few months without Amazon. It's just a few months until the, the, the flattening of the curve. And then you start to bring back a, you know, the Amazon network. That's what people need to realize. You don't need Amazon. Amazon wasn't here. Amazon's a fairly new company. Talk about, what, 25 years or less. Fairly new. You don't need it. People got to revert. Sometimes you got to revert back to the old ways of life. You know, when I grew up as a kid, I liked to be outside in the park all day long. You can, you can, you had to beg me to come home. Now our kids these days, what do they do? Fortnite all day. Hmm. So, so Christian, what what happens for you now? I don't know. I have my faith in God. That's it. I'm being guided by God right now. I don't, I don't know what, Day-to-day hold, holds for me, all I know is that I can just spread the knowledge that people need to wake up. And hopefully, people like yourselves, I'm, that's why I talk to everybody I can, to shed light on what's really going on. Like, if we don't do something, God help us. We might be ending the world right now, for all I know. Cause and, and if people want to find out more, Christian, about this movement, how do they find out more? How do they follow what you're up to here? Well, yeah, follow follow me on Twitter. Uh, stay in contact with me. Reach out. Help help support me. Support me. Get the word out there. Get the word out there. That's that's you know you gotta gotta get in contact with your government and the government has the power to do to change this. The government, the, these billionaires and CEOs, if they're not willing to shut their own businesses down for their own greed the only way we can shut them down is to stop working for them that's what the workers need to realize the workers need to realize stop working for them y'all the ones that's making them richer and richer for what they got enough money what do you need billions of dollars for during a pandemic for what are you going to do with that nothing's open you got everything you want in life so for my workers that's in 
the retail delivery service. Stop working for these billionaires. Walk out. Go home. They, then what? What are they going to do then? What are they going to do? They, they're not going to go and pick and pack a box themselves. They damn sure ain't going to do that. So people got to think. Take action. Take action. All right, Christian. Listen, look, I appreciate you going through something quite difficult here, and I appreciate you coming on to talk to me about this. It does sound concerning. There are things in there which make me pose some questions about things I'd not considered. So, but listen, thank you for coming on. Appreciate what you're doing. No problem. I wish you the best with your lawsuit. I hope this all pans out for you quite well. Hopefully, we'll catch up maybe a few weeks, maybe a couple of months, and find out that things have all settled for you. And look, stay safe. You're in New York right now. Look, New York is uh, going through some tough times. London is here, but I know New York is particularly looking uh, quite scary right now so look stay safe and healthy and i, I wish you all the best my friend you're in london uh, just outside of london yeah. a little town called bedford okay i want to come out there so i hope that we do have return back to normal i really really want to come out there so yeah stay safe uh, and um yeah stay stay in contact stay tuned because it's going to be uh it's going to be a wild show some deep stuff yeah, my man you take care take care Thank you for listening to Defiance. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Christian Smalls. It was great to get his first-hand account covering what happened. And it will also be interesting to see what will happen for him next. Now, I will be tracking that. I will be staying in touch with Christian. Over the last few days, he has received a lot of online support, including Bernie Sanders and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who has ordered the city's Human Rights Commissioner to investigate Amazon's decision. So let's keep an eye on this. And fingers crossed for Chris. Big thanks to him for coming on the show, and I wish him the best, and I hope this all works out for him. If you've got any questions or you've got any feedback, feel free to reach out to me. Before we close out, I do need to thank my sponsor Kraken, the best place to buy Bitcoin, consistently rated the best and most secure cryptocurrency exchange. Kraken puts the power in your hands to buy, sell and trade Bitcoin. You can find out more at kraken.com, which is K-R-A-K-E-N.com. Also, if you want to support the show, please leave me a review on iTunes or subscribe to the show. Follow me on social media or share it out with your friends and family. If you have any questions about this show or any other show I've made, please feel free to email me on peter at defiance.news.